Your work week is over. The plant called and said, if you don't come in tomorrow, don't bother coming in Monday. Woohoo! Four-day weekend. This is The Last Word, the off-season home of the Colts, with Jeffrey Gorman and Matt Taylor. Welcome into The Last Word, 93.5, The Fan. We are brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Make every moment more. My name is Jeffrey Gorman. Joined week in and week out by the voice of the Colts. Matt Taylor is with us. And coming up on tonight's show, we're going to discuss the sixth week. Wow. Already, Maytay, the sixth <laughs> week of the off-season workout program that is starting. And also, we are going to talk positional previews. It's a good one tonight because we have one of the best in the business, Jonathan Taylor. We're going to hear about the Colts running backs and from the pro bowler himself and what to expect in 2023. JT comes up in a minute. Maytay, this week six of the Colts off-season workout, it has just wrapped up. It marked the first time that veterans and rookies took the field together in the off season. Now, starting next week, the Colts are going to hold their first week of OTAs. Now, no live contact is permitted, but 7-on-7 drills, 9-on-7 drills, 11-on-11, those are all allowed. Mayte, it's early. Everybody's talking about the great uh, couple of weeks that Anthony Richardson has had in the Mm -hmm. Colts uh, playbook on the Colts practice field, how he's adapting to the program. It's been all about AR, but what have you taken away from this? Because it's a big one for Coach Shane Steichen, too. He's got to put his footprint down on this football team. Yeah, it was another good week, and it was the first time, as you said, that we had vets and rookies together, so it's starting to feel like football. I mean, I know you're still in phase two as of this week where you're not doing 11-on-11 work and you're still kind of split up offense over here, defense over there on separate fields, but you can do walkthroughs, you can line up, you can run routes, you can break the huddle, you can make the checks in the line of scrimmage. And it was the first chance for Anthony Richardson to be in the same huddle as Quentin Nelson and Ryan Kelly and Braden Smith and Michael Pittman and some of these other vets. So from that standpoint, it's starting to feel real and it's starting to kind of look how it's going to look in the fall. Of course, you had Gardner Minshew taking some first team reps with the Mm -hmm. first team offense naturally. But, um, you know, things like you said are going to ramp up next week because it is the start of the OTA period and you can actually do some 11-on-11 work, and you're going to have some vets and rookies seeing some simulated action together for the first time. But it was another good week and another step in the process for these rookies and Anthony Richardson to get acclimated to the NFL and and uh, the way Shane Steichen operates this football team. One thing that we have noticed is that the, the young man loves football. He's always smiling. But we, hear, we heard from Gardner Minshew earlier in the week. We heard from Shane Steichen earlier in the week that, the you know, he's a adapting so well to this game he's adapting so well to his teammates the playbook etc how important is it for him at this point of his career and I know he's just been here for a cup of coffee but to establish leadership even off the field in the locker room he does have a veteran like Gardner Minshew around him but have you seen anything early on in practices that say, you know, football teams and locker rooms, they gravitate towards the quarterback because that's their leader on the field and also, in a lot of cases, leader in the locker room. This young man's 20 years old, Maytay. Does he have that in him to take over that leadership role so early in his NFL career? Well, I think we're seeing that, but it, like you said, it's early, and that, and that has to be earned, and, and you have to gain the respect over time of the locker room and your teammates and gain the respect uh, or the command of the huddle. And and you do that by just showing up every day and being someone that 
is obsessed with football yourself and is holding yourself incredibly accountable, right? To be a leader on the team, you have to hold everybody accountable, but that starts with yourself. That starts with looking in the mirror. You know, you hear from the offensive coordinator and Jim Bob Cooter. You hear from Shane Steichen or Gardner Minshew earlier this week. They all say that Anthony Richardson is obsessed with getting better and he's being incredibly coachable. You know, he doesn't know what he doesn't know. He's being a sponge in that regard. So I think he's on the right, you know, track for that. But again, you know, someone that's going to turn 21 later this month, you know, you have to put in the work in order to gain that respect and to, you know, be looked at uh, from your teammates as one of the biggest leaders on this team. So I think he can get there, but that's what this time of the spring is all about for him to put in that foundational work. So far, so good and impressive is the word I keep hearing about Anthony Richardson. We're going to talk a lot about that quarterback in the upcoming weeks and months and hopefully years as well. But let's zero in on position groups now, Mayte. We're starting off the first week, we have one of the best in the business. We're talking running backs and specifically Jonathan Taylor. Maytay, can he return to be the same player he was two years ago in 2021 when he led the NFL in rushing? He sets a Colts season record for rushing touchdowns in a single season, and everybody's talking about him. I know injury came into play last year, but Maytay, under the Shane Steichen offense and with a young quarterback like Anthony Richardson, how important is JT this year, and what kind of of year do you think he'll have as far as running the football? I mean, as long as he's healthy, there's no reason to think that he can't be the same guy as he was in 2021 when he was so dominant I mean last season like you said plagued with that ankle injury had surgery in the offseason to clean it up but hopefully he's never been hurt he's never been hurt Maytay but I just mean like you know from a scheme standpoint hopefully Taylor doesn't have to be that same player next season as he was in 2021 and what I mean by that is hopefully the Colts have more balance in their offense where they don't have to lean on Taylor the Colts last year, really the last two years, Jeffrey, they have, they've had a hard time throwing for over 200 yards in these games. I mean, very rarely have they gone over 250 passing yards. So ideally, you'd like to have Taylor run for 100 yards on 15 to 17 carries, and then you're throwing for you know, between 220 and 270, maybe you get to 300 yards per game. So, you know, I think that's where Shane Steichen comes in. I mean, kind of goes back to what he said back in February when he was hired, throw to score. Run to win, win. and hopefully that means Jonathan Taylor staying healthy after missing six games last season, and the Colts are able to run the ball late in these games and, you know, protect their lead, and and hopefully it means the offensive line bounces back. That allows Taylor to rip off some big runs and gives the offense some more explosive plays. Hopefully Jonathan Taylor shows – more impact next year in terms of explosive runs, yards per carry, just more efficient than he was in 2022, again, I think by no fault of his own. Mate, are these running backs going to have to catch the football in this Shane Steichen offense? Oh, very much so. I mean, you look at, uh, I mean, Jonathan Taylor can. You look at uh, Evan Hull, who we're going to talk about here, I'm sure, in just a second. He can absolutely catch the ball. Zach Moss, too. Um, And then guys that are, you know, maybe fighting for for roster spots, uh, you know, to climb their way back on the team, if you will. A guy like Deion Jackson caught the mm-hmm. ball at a very high rate last season. He had, I think, 30 catches on 34 targets last season. So all these guys can do it. 
And, yeah, I mean, with, with Shane Steichen and Anthony Richardson or if it's Gardner Minshew, throwing the ball out of the backfield to some of these running backs, I think early on inevitably is going to play a, a big part of this offense next season. Matt, you mentioned a guy named Zach Moss. Colts acquired him in the Naeem Hines trade with Buffalo last year. Zach Moss came on, you know, very strong at the end of the year. What kind of role does he play in this offense? Yeah, I think he's primarily that, that backup to Jonathan Taylor, right? I mean, if Jonathan Taylor needs a series off, Moss can come in. He can be a very good first and second down back carry the ball you know he's a very explosive runner he hits the hole north and south he runs very hard and he really came on towards the end of last season when Taylor was out of the lineup I mean if you go back and look the last month of the season for him he had over 330 yards rushing and he had a 100 yard game against Houston in week 18 Mm -hmm. so he can be a very good solid number two behind Jonathan Taylor and this is a really big offseason for him because if you think about it, this is his first chance with the Colts to kind of take a deep breath getting to know Shane Steichen in the playbook because he was thrusted into this, man. He, he was thrown right into that chaos last season after he was traded from Buffalo, you know, the, the Frank Reich uh, dismissal. And then that was, that was right around the time of, of uh, Marcus Brady being let go. And then you had all these changes uh, to the quarterback position. Jeff Saturday comes in. So for him to kind of get comfortable with without all of that going on, that's a really big thing for him as he uh, settles in for year two with the Colts. Mate, you mentioned Deion Jackson. You mentioned rookie Evan Hall. You mentioned, you know, obviously Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss. How many running backs will the Colts keep on this roster? And, you know, let's take Taylor out of the, out of the discussion because we know what he is. Right. Of those guys that are going to make this roster – who do you think will have a breakout season? And I'm not talking about, you know, up, up on the same par as Jonathan Taylor, but they do have some experience back there, obviously with Deion Jackson coming on strong last year as well. Yeah, I think you can keep – I think you can keep four running backs tops. I'd say four tops. And a guy that has a chance to break out, other than Jonathan Taylor, uh, keep an eye out for Evan Hole, like we talked about, because – after the Colts traded Hines last season, they just didn't have a player on their team like him in terms of what he can do with his versatility. I think Hull can be your third down back or your two-minute back in this passing game. Coming out of college, right, he's a rookie, ran for over 2,000 yards at Northwestern, but he can catch the ball. He can catch it really effectively. He's got great athleticism, really good quickness. We saw that at the Combine. I mean, last season, get this, Jeffrey, he became only the 16th player since 2000 to have or to average over 75 rushing yards and 45 receiving yards a game over an entire season last year he led all college football running backs he had 55 catches over the last two seasons he was targeted 108 times and he only had four drops so I think he's got a a sneaky good chance of being a contributor for this team next year on offense and you know maybe get a couple carries per game but I think more so than anything get a couple of catches per game in certain situations whether that's third down or inside two minutes or inside the red zone I think it's obvious that the Shane Steichen offense will feature the running backs on those long handoffs we like to call them Mate dump passes even screen Mm -hmm. passes out of the backfield etc so hopefully as they say the running backs become the quarterback's best option sometimes and the Colts are loaded with some talent can't wait to watch Evan Hall do what he does and glad they got him where they did so this is an exciting offense it's going to only get better and better more fireworks are coming we promise you that Colts fans this is the last 
last word. We're brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Make every moment more with FanDuel, proud sportsbook partner of the Indianapolis Colts. When we come back, we're going to talk with JT, Jonathan Taylor, talk about this Colts running game, about his offseason, his physical health, what he thinks of Shane Steichen, and this offense as well. A whole lot more coming back right here on The Last Word. 93.5, The Fan. This is your weekly fix on Colts football. The Last Word with Jeffrey Gorman and Matt Taylor from the Indiana Union Construction Industry Radio Studio. Welcome back. We are The Last Word here. 93.5, The Fan. We're brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Make every moment more. Jeffrey Gorman joined by Voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor. I like this for Colts fans, Matey. Single game tickets are on sale now along with the annual home matchups against the AFC South. The Colts are going to host the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Browns, the Raiders, the L.A. Rams, the Saints, and the Buccaneers at Lucas Oil Stadium this season. Get your seats today. Go to Colts.com slash tickets or Ticketmaster.com. Okay, earlier in the week, Casey Vallier, J.J. Stankovitz, they sat down, had a chance to chat with Colts running back Jonathan Taylor regarding his offseason. There was some beautiful news in the Taylor family. We'll get to that, I'm sure, as well. We're going to talk about his health after missing six games last season. As we said earlier, he has never missed a lot of games in his football career, so that was a long stretch for him to sit on the sidelines and what he's looking forward to coming back in 2023 and also the Shane Steichen offense. Here's JT. Take a listen. I'm getting to catch up with a lot of, of guys that were on the team last year, but starting to build some relationships now with a lot of new people, especially Coach Steichen as well, and I'm excited. They were just recently in the Super Bowl, so I'm sure you know a lot of their cultural things and a lot of on-the-field things will be implemented here in Indy just to help elevate. Um, it's exciting. You walked into the running back room for the first time. Obviously, you have a new running backs coach, DeAndre Smith, but the wall in that room – Pretty impressive. You got Edge, Eric Dickerson, Lenny Moore, kind of a reminder of the the greatness of this franchise. I always tell people it's kind of like I never left college. I mean, you go into the running back room at Wisconsin and you have examples. You have people who came before you to pave the way and, and kind of give you a roadmap. Um, so I, I'm, I don't know how I've been so lucky and blessed to constantly be in these kind of rooms to be able to kind of have that guidance. And I'm just happy that I'm here because I'm able to have that guidance. Now, when you talk about the new running back coach and DeAndre Smith, he has some experience with Saquon Barkley, who had a kind of a resurgence last year. How excited are you to kind of get kind of him involved with you because you saw what Saquon did? I know last year coming off a year where you had some injuries, so you're kind of looking to have a bounce back. How important that is for you to get that relationship with him? Uh, it's, it's important for me to get that relationship. Um, that's, just, that's the guy who not only myself but everybody else in that running back room is going to be turning towards on the sideline, communicating with every single Sunday. So to be able to build that with him. And then also, I know Saquon, so being able to ask him, hey, what are some things Saquon did yeah. very well? You know, And if there are areas in my game that he had did well that I may not have done well, he coached Saquon up. So I'm like, hey, can we go and get extra time doing this? So it's just going, it's so exciting because he's just recently coaching such a dynamic back like Saquon, so I'm going to be able to learn a lot more new things now. And now you talk about that running back room. Zach Moss is a guy who the last time we saw him, he went out, had a career day with over 100 yards rushing. Kind of a good way for him to kind of end that season starting into a fresh one. What have you seen from Zach, and what are you anticipating this offseason mean for him? Uh, well, this offseason is going to be huge for him. I mean, coming in the middle of the year and then learning right. everything. But the first day of practice – his first handoff, he hit a, a sweet spin move and, and went untouched. And I'm like, I did not know his feet. Like, his feet are 
crazy. Like I didn't like if you look at his stature, you think, okay, he's a downhill guy. He has very great feet. Being able to watch that, but then able to watch him grow. Just in that short period of time he was here, I mean, the learning curve, you know, learning a bit of a new offense and right. getting acclimated with the coaches and players, very smart, and I'm excited. Does a fresh start benefit you coming off last season where, you know, you're kind of in and out of the lineup, wasn't the season you wanted to have, now you come in, new coaching staff, you know, some new faces in here, just what's sort of the, the feeling with that fresh start right now? I think it's it's almost like the the first day of school. It's kind of like the first day of school when when you when you have you're going to a new grade. You're trying to figure out okay who's in my class, who are my teachers. It's just it's just a, it's a breath, a breath of fresh air. Um, just not only from my standpoint individually, but as a team. As a team, it's a fresh start. Um, it's not how we wanted to finish collectively at all. It's not how we wanted last season to go. So to be able to have that kind of fresh start, it's. It's very good. How was your ankle? Oh, ankle is very good. Been working constantly on that, of course. I mean, who wouldn't be working on that <laughs> if they had a procedure done? Um, but being able to work myself back and to be able to go out there and start training normal and mm-hmm. then get on the field, that that's the that's the end goal. You want to be on the field. I don't know when fully, but – we're definitely trending in. The it's right coming. Direction. Now I know you're you're a team guy, so you don't really set. You know, everybody has individual goals, but you, I know you've always been one of those guys that the Super Bowl. You're a team guy, but when you look at what happened in 2022, what are your goals? I know it might be stupid to say what are your goals. I know staying healthy is probably the top one, but do you have any specific goals for what you want this coming season? Um, like you mentioned, that's probably only my main goal. I don't really care about anything else but winning the Super Bowl. So you know, whatever may happen, it doesn't really matter to me. But just making sure that. I'm on the field, you know, wanting to help contribute with the guys because it's not easy whatsoever. It's not easy to win on Sundays, but you win on Sundays in the offseason. So for me, not really being able to be full participant in this offseason program, building that relationship with the guys on the field, I want to be able to build that on the field every single Sunday, every single day throughout the week of practice to be able to go out there and win games. But that comes with me being on the field. Now, when you talk about having a new coach and Shane Steichen, it's all new. Like you said, it's kind of like the first day of school. How has that relationship gone to this point? And and how important is that to get that really rolling as we head into camp? I think it's important, number one, to understand what's his mindset. What are some of his philosophies? You know, is he uh, aggressive once you get towards the 50-yard line? Like, you know. Not saying that that is uh, end-all, be-all, but it kind of lets you and the rest of the guys in the huddle be on the same page. Like, everyone kind of anticipates, okay, hey, we're coming across the 50. Like, be prepared to be aggressive, you know, in four-down territory. Like, you know, just knowing certain things and tendencies. So, when everyone's on the same page, every play should be executed flawlessly. I mean, that's what you want. Now, of course, you got to win your one-on-one matchups, but just everyone being on the same page. How much do you and the, the veterans on this team, the returning veterans, put it on yourselves to be the reason why 2023 turns around from 2022? Like, like you mentioned, we're putting it on ourselves, and no matter what happens, we know that, hey, people are looking to, towards us for guidance, leadership. Guys who have been here in the system have had success, so what are we going to do? Of course, we want to get better, but how can we influence everyone in the locker room? I think that's that next step. How can we how can we influence the entire locker room in order to point them in the right direction? Not saying that we have all the answers, but we know that they're looking at certain people for guidance and example. This really asking a lot of a of a rookie, regardless right. of the position. Right, it doesn't right. matter what position it is. It's a lot to put on a rookie's hand. Hey, we need you to help take us to the next level. Yeah. No, it's going to take that plus everyone else who has already been established to help 
have the, whoever that guy is lean on us, and then we lean on him. I mean, that's why mm-hmm. if you're in this building, that means you're talented and you're smart and you work hard. So we'll lean on him as well because we'll trust him. Something Shane Steichen told Justin Herbert when he was the OC of the Chargers in 2020 said your running back is your best friend. As the running back on this team, one of the running backs on this team, what could you do to help a rookie quarterback? Number one, just letting him know, hey, we have protection called. I'm keeping you upright. Like, you don't worry about a thing. We know the guys, the five guys up front. Those guys are going to keep you upright. But side by side, look where we're at. We're side by side. That's how it is. I have your back. I'm right here with you. No matter, hey, I need you to go get this guy in the A-gap. Or, hey, I need you to get out quick so I, I can dump it off to you. I'm right here by your side. That means something. In the NFL, everything goes pretty quick. Uh, so I'm sure it seems like a long time ago. But thinking back to when you were drafted, what was that moment like? You know, just waiting around to hear your name called. And that kind of determines where you're going to start your NFL career. Yeah, like it's very different from college. You know, a lot of guys, especially who had offers coming out, you kind of get to pick and choose and take visits. And you kind of get shocked. I, I mean, we didn't have Indy on our radar of a team of a team who was, hey, they're looking for a back. You know, this is a great possibility. But when we got the call and we just really looked at the roster buildup, we're like, man, this is this is amazing. This is these guys are are built to win. They just like it was a perfect scenario that we haven't even we didn't even think of. So just those emotions and then thinking, okay, where am I going to live? What is the town like? How are the people? How is the team? Like the teammates as far as the guys in the locker room uh, player-wise. So it's very exciting, and you just have to take a deep breath and understand, hey, it's just ball at the end of the day. Now, final thing for me, I noticed something on your left hand there. You got married this offseason. Congratulations. How was that? Oh, thank you very much. It, it was amazing. I mean, and usually, you know, People at family events, you think, you know, maybe a little something, a little something may happen here or there. I mean, it was the perfect event. I mean, awesome. there was the sun was shining. It wasn't too hot. It was not too cold. I mean, I can't complain. If I tried to pick anything, I'd be nitpicking, and I just can't complain. But it was the most amazing feeling ever. You, no game is, is ever you know, ever felt like that at all. It's a great answer. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) We're a couple married men. That's how ours went, too, so I understand that completely. (laughs) Well, there you go, Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan, thank you so much. Have a great rest of the off-season program, and we'll catch up with you probably right around the corner when camp rolls around. Thank you guys very much. And, yeah, big congratulations to Jonathan Taylor and his wife. It's always a great off-season when you're an NFL player. You uh, take the time and uh, find the months that you have some extra wiggle room for you and your wife to get in a honeymoon and the reception and – the wedding and everything so that young man he's off to a great start mate and, and and great answer too he gets it right he he understands the uh the husband playbook right i mean no rushing touchdown <laughs> 65 yard run for a score will ever top the the beautiful feeling of getting married uh to his beautiful wife he already has the playbook down and memorized ready to go so well said jonathan now absolutely go, out, go out back answer. and cut the lawn get going on the lawn jonathan <laughs> Okay, yeah, that's exactly what do. he's doing. <laughs> he's installing ceiling fans. <laughs> Rehabbing with a push mower. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. All right. <laughs> hey, don't forget, you can download the weekly Don't forget Colts to edge, podcast. Jonathan. Don't forget to edge, buddy. <laughs> that's right. He's out there with the Clippers. And stuff. Hey, just love married life, man. Hey, Maytay, you know what it's about, bro. You got to take care of business oh, on yeah. the outside and the inside of the I house. am all pro at being married. I can tell you that. <laughs> yes, you are. Okay, don't forget, download the weekly Colts official podcast featuring the latest news analysis and interviews regarding your Colts.
Colts. This week we talked about where some of the Colts rookies fit in into the two deep depth chart in the spring. Also, we chatted with former Colts defensive end Bjorn Werner, a native German and NFL German broadcaster, about his excitement regarding his former team, the Colts, playing in Germany this fall. Our first person behind the pads podcast dropped this week as well. This is our off-season podcast conversation series with Colts players where the only rule is no football talk. That's right. No football talk with some of the Colts greats. This week, we talked with offensive tackle Bernard Ryman, who discussed his experience growing up in Austria, coming to the United States as a foreign exchange student, and learning the American culture. It's a whole lot going on in the Colts Audio Network. Check it all right now. Colts.com, Colts mobile app. Anywhere you download your podcast, don't forget, we're also brought to you by our friends at Meyer. Meyer, the official super center of your Indianapolis Colts, and probably sponsor of hundreds of local sports teams across the Midwest. When we come back, we're going to give you the Forum Credit Union question of the week and get into some of the NFL's continue hold on the Thanksgiving weekend now that there's a Black Friday game in 2023. Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts. I'm Jeffrey Gorman. This is the last word. 93.5-1075, the fan. Can't get enough football? You're in the right place. This is the off-season radio home of the Indianapolis Colts. The Last Word with Jeffrey Gorman and Matt Taylor from the Indiana Union Construction Industry Radio Studio. Last Word right here on 93.5, 107.5 The Fan. We're brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Proud sportsbook partner of your Indianapolis Colts. We'll get to the Forum Credit Union question of the week. I talk to you about this every time in the month of May uh, in the off-season programming, Maytay. Did you ever get the bug, uh, you know, the Indy 500 bug, the racing, the oval racing, the tradition of it? I mean, are you a rabid fan for just a day of the year, or is this something you follow year-round? Because you're homegrown, brother. You're a homegrown voice of the Colts, and this race has been in your backyard for for your (laughs) entire life. Where are you at with this race? So in in 37 years of existence, I've probably been to 20, 22 races. I'd have to go back and count them up. Maybe, um, maybe you get in the Hall of Fame with those numbers, brother. I didn't think it would be that much. <laughs> oh, there, yeah, there's there some decent numbers. Um, yeah, it's a huge tradition on my wife's side of the family. They are heavily into IndyCar, watching it all season long. Uh, me, not so much in terms of outside of the Indianapolis 500. I'm like, I really geek up in the month of May. Like, I'll understand the drivers and mm-hmm. kind of where they're at to this point of the season going into the 500. Outside of that, I mean, admittedly, I, I kind of my interest kind of wanes in IndyCar, but I've always said that I have a huge love affair with the Indianapolis 500 because of what it means. I mean, I have a lot of civic pride, if that makes sense. I have a lot of civic pride, the history of the the Speedway, the history of the the race itself, what it means for our city uh, from a historical standpoint, from an economic standpoint. Uh, from a marketing uh, advantage. So all of those things I'm very privy to, and I just love everybody involved. I mean, every night, Jeffrey, I mean, following this show tonight, we'll have Trackside yeah. with, with Kurt Cavan and Kevin Lee. 
I love flipping that on and, and learning more about the history of the race and these drivers that are going currently. I mean, listen, I used to produce uh, the talk of Gasoline Alley with Donald Davidson. What Ooh. an unbelievable treat and experience that was for me, getting to do the Matt, radio you, show with him, right? Didn't you, didn't you tell me something about Donald Davidson, who, who's a, a legendary historian of the Indy 500, who obviously doesn't have the same imprint these days as he moves on later in life, but he didn't work with books. He didn't work with computer. It was all between the ears as far as <laughs> knowledge and history of the race. So I used to produce that show for a couple of years, and a lot of people would, would criticize Donald because they would think that he was just sitting behind a computer Googling things and, uh, you know, coming up with facts and figures on the fly because of the Internet. Let me tell you, Donald Davidson doesn't even have a sheet of paper in front of him. He wow. just literally sits there behind the microphone. People will call in and they'll want to know about you know, facts and figures about the 1974 race or a driver from Indianapolis that competed in one Indy 500 50 years ago or a guy uh, from Kokomo will want to profile you know a driver from 1947 and Donald just sits there and he goes he doesn't have anything in front of him it's all just in his brain he is the absolute true historian of the Indianapolis 500 and the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and it's just all up there in his head. It's it's remarkable the recall that he has. There's no question. Well, you get about a couple it. of hours getting ready for that race if you're a fan. As Matt said, trackside with Kurt Cavan and Kevin Lee coming up next, and after that, beyond the bricks with Mike Thompson and Jake Query. Let's get ready for that race. But first, Maytay, we got to talk about the Forum Credit Union question of the week in 2023. Okay, the Colts are on a quest for their first AFC... I can't believe I'm saying this, really. I hate saying this, Maytay. I really do. I cannot believe that the Colts have not won an AFC South championship since 2014. But here we go. Colts are on a quest for their first one since 14. In the 21 seasons since realignment in 2002, 30 of the 32 NFL teams have won a division title at least once. That's almost the entire league. Now... Who are the two franchises that have not won a division title in that time since 2002? I mean, there's one that you can always rest your head on. Uh, I think both of these fall into that category, but one for sure. Maytay, you want to give it a shot? So I think I got this because I think by 2002, Baltimore, or excuse me, the Browns had relocated back to Cleveland in 1999. So they would have been part of they would have been back in Cleveland as of 2002. So I think the Browns are one of the answers in the AFC. And then in the NFC, I'm pretty sure that it's been a long, long time for the Detroit Lions. Is that correct? That is correct. Good call on these two, the bottom dwellers. And I hate to say that with all respect to Browns and Lions fans, but it's been a minute since you guys And both of those franchises are on the up and up. So this might be their year, right? Absolutely correct on that one. And the Lions with Disco Danny Campbell, he's making everybody, (laughs) everybody excited in the Michigan. Biting kneecaps in the Motor City. Hey, man, he's they're, they're showing up. People are saying he had a great draft, and he's getting a lot out of these players. So you're correct. Maytay, the Browns and the Lions have not won a division title since 2002. Well, actually, it was longer than that. So good call on that, kid. Visit the Forum Credit Union fan forum section at Colts.com. You can interact with other fans online. Just post a topic and participate in various discussions regarding your Colts Forum Credit Union, helping members live their financial dreams. We always end with the NFL big story. And for this 
this week, Mate, it's about the Black Friday game. Okay, we talk about Thanksgiving Day games. We talk about Christmas Eve games. We talk about Christmas Day games. The NFL's newly installed Black Friday game. It's going to feature Aaron Rodgers. It's become a hot commodity. According to league executive, the Jets, the Jets, were one of the multiple teams that raised their hand, quote-unquote, to host the game on an annual basis. The Jets are going to host the Dolphins in the inaugural Black Friday game on Amazon Prime. you got to stream it to watch it. The Cincinnati Bengals have also lobbied to host the Black Friday game as an annual fixture similar to the Lions and the Cowboys traditionally hosting their games on, nationally tele- on national television on Thanksgiving Day. Mate, should the NFL rather name one team as the host of a Black Friday game, or should they mix it across the 32 franchises? Yeah, I didn't even think about it until the schedule came out and I read that story, and I understand why teams would want to be the Black Friday game on an annual basis because it's fun, right? I mean, you you build up some routine and some tradition and some holiday customs around Thanksgiving time for your fan base. Now, I don't I don't think, unless things change, I don't think the Colts can be that team as of right now, because they have a deal with the IHSAA, because that's when the state finals, uh, the state football finals are played at Lucas Oil Stadium on the Friday and Saturday after Thanksgiving. But, um, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I think the NFL might pass this game around for a while and kind of see how it goes, see how the ratings do on the Friday afternoon after Thanksgiving, especially when you're going to stream it only. I mean, you're going to be going up against high school football in some of these states, um, there's also college football played on that day. Not a ton, but some. I mean, I know uh, I know traditionally Iowa and Nebraska play their rivalry game that day. Now, I'm not saying those things are going to beat the NFL because, you know, it's the NFL. I just, I'm sure. just saying there's other things that are going on. But, um, yeah, I think, eventually, I think eventually you might see the NFL settle on one team as the Black Friday game and, and make it a, a permanent game for one team to play at home every year. I think that would be cool. I don't see it. I don't see it. I see that the really? Cowboys and the, and the Lions, they're hosting their Thanksgiving Day games. Traditionally, that's been going on for over 40, maybe even 50 years. I just don't think that new traditional start. I think the reason I'm saying that is look at the NFL draft, always held at Radio City Music Hall for years in New York. Now it bounces around. The Combine, every, all these other franchises want the Combine in their city. And the NFL usually says hey, we're right. We're going to spread the wealth all around a little bit. That's why I don't think one or two teams locks in to the Black Friday date. That's just me personally. I could As be a, wrong. No, I'm with you. As a fan, though, I'm just curious how you would feel about this. Where do you stand? Would you rather be a fan of a team? Like if you had season tickets, would you rather use your season ticket on a home game on Thanksgiving or a home game on Black Friday? I, I want Thanksgiving. I want, really? I, want to play on, I want to play on Thanksgiving. I know it's a family tradition, but you have wiggle room there depending on the time of the kickoff. If you got a 4 o'clock start, you're kind of pinched a little bit. But if you got a 1 o'clock start, you come back, you have a late Thanksgiving dinner. If you're an 8 o'clock start, you start out at 12 noon, have the dinner, and then get out. That's what I'm saying. I just That's just me personally. But you know what? Who knows? What do I know? I don't make the schedule. Well, I'm not a, I'm not a Black Friday guy. Like I'm not a guy that's going to stand in line at Best Buy for no. three and a half hours. So to me, I'd rather go on Black Friday, watch a football game because most people have that day off anyways that's true everybody does may tell we're gonna find out but aaron Rodgers and the jets they're up this year well have a good weekend kid i enjoy doing this the last word every friday right here on 93.5 and 107.5 we do it with the great voice of the colts matt taylor and as we said earlier coming up next we got trackside with kurt cavin and kevin lee and after that 
We got Beyond the Bricks with Mike Thompson and Jake Query. For Matt Taylor, I'm Jeffrey Gorman. We'll talk to you next week. Have a great weekend here on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan.